This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hello, gems. It's time for another political rendezvous. Welcome to Tea Spilling Saturdays. If you are new here, welcome to our tea room. My name is Jules Jones, and on Saturdays, I go through the biggest political stories of the week. If you are interested in news and politics, I recommend you follow our channel. I throw a tea party every Saturday at 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. I also encourage you to visit my website, julesjoneslive.com, for updates. It has been another wild, wild week, has it not, Gems? My goodness, you can't even keep up with all of that. So I have a special treat for you as it pertains to that particularly that I will show you lately, later. And I've got a whole bunch of surprises up my sleeve today. So I hope you enjoy a few of the things that we brainstormed on <laughs> this week. Now remember, we're doing some of this stuff for the first time. So take it easy on us. I mean, you know, the first time isn't always the charm. So it may take two or three, but we've got a great show planned and just so happy that you're here. I hope you're having a good time with your friends and family right now. It, it truly is a spectacular season and one to celebrate. So today is December 23rd, 2023. Welcome to episode 57, Exposing the Rhinos. The footage is of Christmas in the snow and it's circa in the 20s and 30s. That's where it actually originated. I hope you're ready for Christmas. It will be here in two days, ready or not. I want to thank you for watching, listening, and sharing our show with others. Last Saturday's show surpassed 200,000 views, and that is all because of you. I am so grateful. Thank you. Thank you. 
Your support has sure made our holidays bright. And before we get too far into the show, I want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas or a Happy Hanukkah and a healthy, happy, and prosperous New Year. I also want to remind all of you to please follow this show. It's free to follow, and it really helps us out a lot. That activity really helps us, and it boosts our show. It gets other people interested, so I appreciate you doing that for us. I mean, that's just awesome. But we have a lot of things that we're going to go through today, and exposing the rhinos is one. We thought it would be fun to remind everyone why the rhino Republicans losing to Trump are indeed losers. Yes, losers. There are sound reasons why. They have establishment rhino views, words, behaviors, backgrounds, financial donors, and more they do not resonate with conservative voters, not on any level. Side note, we thought about leaving out Chris Christie, but because... You know, he's a spoiler and a clown and his dismal poll numbers. However, we would be remiss if we didn't at least talk about the long list of scandals in Christie's closet, including that he badly betrayed President Trump when he recommended Christopher Wray. Then we'll give Vivek Ramaswamy a close look. Some feel he isn't trustworthy, and yet, on the other hand, he appears to be the only other candidate other than President Trump exposing the corruption of the deep state and calling out the rhinos for their duplicity. In addition, as you saw in the debate, he called out the RNC and the corrupt mainstream media. And just this week, he demanded other GOP candidates to stand with him against the unconstitutional ruling in Colorado. We'll look at both sides of Vivek. Then we'll get into what a disappointment DeSantis has been. Tiny D turned on President Trump and has run a disastrous campaign after following the lead of rhino Paul Ryan and other swamp rhinos. While we can't cover them completely in depth, that swamp there runs deep, let's not forget that DeSantis' campaign has been haunted by Florida's insurance crisis. Financial supporters were allowed to draft pro-insurance policies that left Florida residents with unsustainable insurance rates. Florida also lacks in squatter laws, which enables the destruction of unoccupied properties by squatters. Owners have no financial or legal remedies. And of course, there's the whole Disney debacle and his embarrassing boot lift elevator shoes, which is why he is now referred to as Tiny D. We'll explore how DeSantis, he changed Florida law to allow himself to run for president, betraying President Trump's endorsement, which won him the governorship. DeSantis pegged by President Trump as desanctimonious after that ungrateful act. It didn't stop there. He has repeatedly attacked President Trump relentlessly and Trump supporters. His online team has permanently alienated voters. And yet, Ron DeSantis, he has not learned a thing. And despite knowing that he is no longer leading that loser list, I mean, that list is long. When you start looking at that thing, I mean, how do you not get ahead? (laughs) He's no longer leading. He's no longer the front runner on the loser's list. 
I don't know what that makes him the biggest loser of them all. But anyway, we're hoping and he's hoping at the same time to lure voters away from President Trump. He has just this week attacked him and MAGA voters. Again, how can any candidate expect to win when insulting the voters in the largest part of the political base? I don't know who's advising him. And last but certainly not least, we'll explore the words of neocon Nikki Haley and why never Nikki Haley trends almost every time she appears in the news. She has been called a brunette Liz Cheney and a Dick Cheney in heels, which is everything we don't want and all that's all we need to know about her. Vivek Ramaswamy called out her hypocrisy during the debate, citing how she wants verified names on social media, but does not use her own real name. Her exposure as a rhino started when she sought endorsement from President Trump, promising him that she would not run against him. And yet here we are discussing how she did exactly what she said she was not going to do. Currently, she is leading in the first loser position in some of the polls, but remains far behind President Trump. In addition, she continues to blame President Trump for January 6, despite the overwhelming evidence that January 6 was a leftist Democrat setup. Sounds like she's speaking from the same script as all of those rhinos and the leftist Dems. Never Nikki's stance is to stop demonizing abortion, raise the retirement age. Her economic plan is in direct contrast to her actual record when she was South Carolina governor. Her stance on bringing Hamas supporters that are supporting Palestinians to the U.S. must all be highlighted. And under the heading of things that make you go, hmm, she was also endorsed by Jennifer Rubin of the liberal Washington Compost. Democrats fight for her endorsement, but it was Nikki Haley who received it? Makes us all wonder why. We hope you'll keep those things in mind as we explore the bigger, most obvious signs that she is just a female version of the worst of the swamp, neocons who work for themselves and not the people. Finally, we will have a special guest who will join us at the end of the show, Nicole Lady Nograde. She will drop by to discuss her new tune, Modern Day Holy War. I cannot wait to play that for you on this show. I hope you settle in, grab your beverage, and join us on this extensive journey to expose the rhinos. Let's go ahead and spill some tea, shall we? Okay, so as you all know, here's the deal. You've noticed how this news cycle is completely out of control. So we didn't want you to feel like you were missing out when we start these big deep dives. So we put together a top 20 list. Now, you can't put everything on there because I know I'm going to get these comments that are going to say, hey, you know, you let this off. Mm, this happened. That happened. I probably missed it. it. This news cycle is going so quickly that all of our heads are just spinning around. It's the craziest thing ever. But remember, that's on purpose. They don't want you looking at them. They're the problems in the party. So, and in, in the country, I mean, both sides are working together. It's very obvious. 
obvious what's been happening for quite some time. One will let one win, one will move over and, and resign or, or what have you, and then they'll fill it in with somebody that they can all agree with. So it's been on overdrive, and so what we have is a treat for you. We will kick things off with a snappy countdown of the top 20 stories from the past week. What's been going on? Well, let's find out. Let's start with number 20. So number 20 on our list, we have got a shocking report. It claims that Obama's secret intervention that Harvard pressured to keep the anti-Semitic plagiarist Claudine Gay. Well, that should be a surprise to no one. For instance, when you think about the fact that Obama himself was an undergrad at Harvard, and not to mention the fact that he is a plagiarist and is known for plagiarist tendencies as well, it probably explains why he could be sympathetic to a person like that. Number 19, you have dismantling of a Confederate memorial in Arlington Cemetery. It was halted by a Trump-appointed federal judge. It looks like the judge hit the pause button on dismantling the spree. I wonder what made him change his mind. Interesting, isn't it? Number 18, you've got Governor Greg Abbott, who signs a bill making it a state crime to enter Texas illegally. Talk about defending the fort. Texas just made it crystal clear that they mean business when it comes to unauthorized entry. Number 17, you have OMG James O'Keefe, who has uncovered a scandal. Pharma executives talk discriminatory hiring on leaked Zoom call. One in five hires need to be a black employee. Hmm. Interesting, isn't it? Number 16, Fulton County counted 20,713 votes that did not exist in the 2020 election. Trump lost by 11,779 votes. It seems Fulton County took a page out of a magician's book, pulling votes out of thin air. And guess who got the short end of the stick? Yep, you guessed it. Number 15, not just Colorado, 16 other states joined the battle as President Trump foes try to kick him off the ballot. Longshot GOP candidate lodges nine active cases. 14, fascism alert. Democrats in four states, including Florida, Tennessee, North Carolina, and Massachusetts, they opt for Joe Biden only on the primary ballot. Number 13, GOP state lawmakers get creative. The bills aim to remove Joe Biden from the 2024 ballots in swing states. You know what? Based on how this game is being played, <laughs> there's not going to be a winner. President Trump is going to end up on the ballot. This is an incredible argument. But you know what? What's so wonderful about it? It is showing who the real fascists are. And that is the left. Number 12, you've got Vivek Ramaswamy to withdraw from the Colorado GOP primary until Trump is allowed to be on the ballot. Vivek Ramaswamy is playing it cool and pulling, I'll sit this one out until my man is back in the game. Number 11, New York City Mayor Eric Adams. He accuses fellow Democrats of following a far-left agenda on crime, stirring up city council. Number 10, the state of Tennessee is suing BlackRock, the world's largest financial asset manager, for misleading investors about their money being used to fund ESG policies. 
Well, Tennessee isn't shy to throw punches when they feel like they've been blinded by smoke and mirrors. Number nine, California Lieutenant Governor demands Secretary of State remove former President Trump from the 2024 ballot. The last U.S. president to be removed from the ballot was Abraham Lincoln. Looks like California's Lieutenant Governor isn't a fan of deja vu. Who knew history had a way of repeating itself? Number eight, a second Democrat candidate joins Robert F. F. Kennedy Jr. Yes, Marianne Williamson, claiming the left is rigging the primaries for Biden. Imagine that. When you can't win fairly, just find some rigged primaries to level the playing field, right? Just ask Bernie. Number seven, new Supreme Court filing claims Jack Smith was never properly appointed as special counsel, declaring all of his legal acts null and void. Uh Uh-oh, looks like Jack Smith is in hot water and his past legal acts are getting a null and void stamp. Number six, former Reagan AG Edwin Meese drops legal bomb. Jack Smith's authority questioned in filing. Reagan attorney general teams up with law professors in Supreme Court brief. Number five, you've got Supreme Court. They send Jack Smith packing, denies his request for ruling on Trump immunity argument. It's been a very bad week for Jack. Number four, Senate staffer fired after filming gay sex tape in the Senate hearing room. Apparently, someone thought it was a bright idea to turn a Senate hearing room into their own personal Hollywood. Number three, a federal judge ordered more than 150 names linked to Jeffrey Epstein to be unsealed. Three of the names will remain sealed. Who do you think they are? The curious case of sealed names. Who could be hiding behind those mysterious three? Let the theories begin. Number two, GOP Representative Burchett spills the tea. Conservative lawmakers blackmailed after wild night with attractive stranger, left naked in hotel rooms. Is this whole thing all about blackmail? He basically got on with Benny Johnson and they had a just a routine interview where they were stating the obvious. This is how Washington D. Sleaze has been run for years. It hasn't changed and it is not going to change anytime soon. But what we can do is we can stop all of that by being involved. Make sure that you bring up all of these incredible points when you are with your friends and family during the holidays. That's exactly your power and it is awesome. I'm just so proud of all that you've been able to accomplish accomplished together this year. It has been amazing. So yes, we have now got a top 20 list. I hope you enjoyed it. And we will go ahead and jump right into our stories. Here we go. So if you have not followed this channel, please make sure you do so. Again, it helps us tremendously. You would not believe how much it does. So we're going to start in 
with Bridgegate. Okay, so we've got Krispy Kreme. You know, I mean, I don't even know how he's up there other than to be the spoiler that we all know him to be. From Bridgegate to Beachgate, the Chris Christie scandals that wrecked his political reputation and made him the least popular 2024 candidate with Republican voters. You've got all of these different stories, all of these reasons why this clown got away with it. And they really think that he has a shot at becoming president? He knows he doesn't. He is there for one reason, and that is to be an absolute spoiler. So you've got the Bridgegate scandal. At one time, Chris Christie was considered a front runner for the 2016 nomination. He seemed like a good old guy. He was jovial. He was happy. He was calling the shots. He was making fun of everybody out there. You thought he was the guy next door that you could just really shoot it with, right? Mm, not the case. He was a hard-charging former prosecutor who had managed to win over predominantly the Democrat state. So his campaign unraveled amid the allegations that his aides closed lanes on a bridge into New York to retaliate against a local male, mayor, which is craziness. I mean, honestly, did they think we were not going to find out? The scandal broke just after Christie won the re-election as governor, and it involved triggering traffic jams on access lanes to George Washington Bridge to punish Fort Lee's mayor for not backing his re-election campaign. Two of Christie's aides, they were sentenced to 13 months and 18 months in prison before their fraud convictions were overturned by the Supreme Court. Even so, the 2020 ruling hardly amounted to finding any evidence. I mean, it was um, unbelievable. In its judgment, the court said the evidence no doubt shows wrongdoing, deception, corruption, abuse of power, even if the aides did not profit from their actions. Among the evidence was a damning email sent by aide Bridget Ann Kelly to an official at the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey, which manages the bridge. Time for some traffic problems in Fort Lee, she wrote. So Christie always denied any knowledge of their plan and was not prosecuted, yet he was still it was still seen as the death shot for him. Honestly, it was over. The end of his campaign, his political career and his 2016 hopes gone, vanished in just a, in just a few minutes. Story like that, who could ignore it? Plus he was an absent governor. So he's been trying to the Chris Christie's bridge to redemption. All right, Americans, America's govern, American governor, and Matt Cates. He wrote this book about it, and he said about the scandal that the whole thing may see seem a little quaint in retrospect, but at the time it undermined the governor's reputation as a corruption busting prosecutor. It struck the heart of who Christie said he was, and that damaged his reputation because it damaged his authenticity. And it's true. Who could ever believe him at a time like this? It's insane. So now he's here. He's running for office again. And we have got everybody that can see through this clown. But he was the absent governor. Sound familiar? Kind of like to Sanctimonious. Same kind of thing. If the Bridgegate made national headlines, voters in New Jersey had other reasons to grumble. Who was running the state when Christie was running for the White House? You're hearing the exact same thing with DeSantis right now. In 2015, the New Jersey governor spent 261 part or full days 
outside his state. It was not difficult to work out what he was doing. He was days, it was always days away. It included 56 days in New Hampshire, the early primary state that Christie staked his campaign on. The result was grumbling at home. The governor had given up his day job, and it coincided with the polls showing that majority of New Jersey residents thought the state was on the wrong path. So in March 2016, the criticism grew when he missed a state trooper's funeral to campaign in South Carolina. You had trooper Sean Cullen, who died after being struck by a driver as he responded to a car fire. The result was a string of editorials in local newspapers demanding that he resign in order to pursue his national ambitions. So it's just who the guy is. You have Beachgate, right? Who can forget Beachgate? If there is one image that will remain connected to to Christie, it is the sight of the New Jersey governor with his hands folded in front of his belly as he lounged on the beach and he is surrounded by his sunbathing family. So at the time in 2017, Island Beach State Park was closed to the public because the state government shutdown. Well, the Christie family, it looked as if they were on a deserted beach on the Jersey Shore while everyone else spent the 4th of July holiday without access to the state parks. The image was captured by an enterprising photographer with New Jersey advanced writing in Cessna after Christie had advertised the fact that he would be spending the day on the beach. I don't know if it's fair, but my family doesn't ask for any services while we were there, he said. Please. So this is just one of many reasons that when you see this clown, he may have some zingers every once in a while. They probably don't belong to him. There's probably somebody writing whatever he is saying out there, but he doesn't stand a chance. We know who he is, but they thought they were going to be able to use him and that he was going to do some serious damage to President Trump this go around. But we know who they are. So here it is revealed. You've got former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. He betrayed President Trump. He recommended FBI Director Chris Wray. Yes, for all of you that wonder where he came from, it was from this clown. Yeah, this guy. Then, of course, let's not forget the Loomer incidents. These are fun. Laura Loomer publicly shames Chris Christie for supporting the weaponization of government and election interference against President Trump as he scurries away. Yes, he has been Loomered. So here she is. She is over there on X and she put out a post. GOP presidential candidate Governor Chris Christie is currently speaking at Florida GOP Florida Freedom Summit. He is getting ruthlessly booed by the audience. Christie replied by saying, of course, all of you people here are for Trump. Hashtag Trump 2024. <laughs> Talk about being loomered. No! You're a crime! No! You're establishment! Come back to Jersey! When you think about the problems, You're when you the think problem. about the problems that our country... You're not one. Yeah, definitely going to see the backside of that. Well, the former governor said that what bothers him, though, is that the atrocities that are going on in Israel. That's what we should spend our time talking about, and that's the place where I suggest some of our anger should be directed. This is what Christie said about the ongoing war between Israel and Hamas. 
So he is being heckled at that point by Laura Loomer and attendees as he spoke with the press following his remarks at the Florida GOP Freedom Summit, where he was also greeted by booze. Trump has a gag order on him when he's the leading candidate in the GOP primary. It's election interference. Yes, absolutely. So you have following the speech, Christie stopped to take selfies with his supporters and a gaggle of reporters. Then he attempted to scurry away as Loomer called him out for advocating for Trump's incarceration. Uh, you know, this is what they've been, they want him behind bars so bad. They want him incarcerated so badly. It's not even funny. They want that money shot. They thought they were going to get the greatest mug shot of all. It ended up being an iconic just absolute image of the president and one that I'm sure people bought mugs t-shirts and everything else I know a couple of my listeners sent them my way and I appreciate them very much thank you for that so here's some of the questions why are you supporting the weaponization of the government against President Trump the former Florida congressional candidate pressed this is Laura Loomer by the way Christie initially continued to pose for the cameras, pretending not to hear Loomer. Loomer repeated the question as Christie began to walk off. Who are you? The former Republican lawmaker shot back. Get him, Laura. <laughs> A woman in the crowd yelled, encouraging Loomer to shame the anti-Trump presidential candidate. You think it's okay? Loomer asked as Christie ignored her and took more selfies. Now you want Donald Trump to get locked up? You don't need to run for president, fat. <clears throat> you need to run on a treadmill. The conservative <laughs> continued prompting a man on the Google on the gaggle to break out in laughter. You should be ashamed of yourself for supporting the weaponization of government. The proudest moment of my career is to be opposed by someone like you, Christie said as he scoffed at Loomer. And then the sheriff escorted him out of the venue. Check it out. Why are you supporting the can't get out of there fast enough. One of the proudest moments of my career is to be opposed by someone like you. Quick picture. Okay, this is why they manage the crowd. They they manage the interviews. You're seeing it firsthand with Joe Biden. He has absolutely no idea what's going on. And he has to read from cards. He has to know who, what the names, what they look like, the faces, the names who are going to ask him a question. And he still doesn't recognize them. That's Joe Biden I'm talking about. I can't even believe that. He still does not recognize them. The guy is completely gone. And yet they think that they've pulled a fast one on this country. No, what they did is completely illegal. And it will be taken care of day one when President Trump reenters the Oval. I can guarantee you that. 
Uh, it has to. We, we, can't, we can't continue running as a country this way. It's insanity. So Laura Loomer, she says, thank you for providing another angle of, of course, his, uh, one of his campaign directors, Christina Pushaw, who is running away from me today, Loomered. Here she is. And of course, it's fun to watch this kind of stuff because Laura gets it done. <laughs> she really does. Running. There she is in the front. There's Laura, following her, right behind her. This is so funny. Oh my gosh, this is hilarious. I, I just love this stuff. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think this is exactly what the left and what the establishment need. I truly do. I think this is one of the things that needs to happen. And the fact that we have all been kicked off of social media has only made a lot of these investigative reporters even more courageous. They are working even harder. They are setting the bar higher. They are coming out with stories before the left has even time to spin them. It is absolutely fantastic to watch. So this one here, you've got 15 on, of course, Chris Christie controversies, just in case you missed them. I'm going to drop that one into chat because we do have a full packed show today. It's going to be really a big deal, especially with a guest coming in and everything else. So I want to make sure that we can just kind of get on through everything. So people are talking about, of course, Vivek Ramaswamy. All right, so we're going to switch gears over to him. Conservative lawyer, you have D.C. Drano, who clashed with Republican presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy in a heated debate over Vivek's controversial background. That's right. A lot of people are like, hey, he's too good to be true. I don't trust him. What's his background? And so they started doing some digging. And here's what they found out. GOP presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy and prominent patriot lawyer, of course, Rogan O'Handley, who is fabulous. You know him as DC Drano. He's incredible. When I go to his page, he's always got incredible insight. He's a lawyer. He knows how this whole thing works. And it's, it's great to have people like that that are out there every single day clarifying what's actually happening. Well, they found themselves embroiled in a war of words on X Twitter. The heated exchange was sparked when DC Drano publicly called out Ramaswamy for his controversial background and his flip-flopping on several critical issues. DC Drano questioned Ramaswamy's integrity, shedding light on allegations that Ramaswamy faced earlier in his career. So in a past X post, DC Drano posted, yeah, I'm sure he won was affiliated with the WEF, that's the World Economic Forum, two, took money from the Soros family, three, got rich in big pharma, four, does massive deals with Pfizer, five, pushed for mask testing and vaccines, six, thinks that Mike Pence did the right thing on January 6th, number seven, thinks Trump is a liar about election fraud, similar to Stacey Abrams, Eight, never voted most of his adult life. Nine, wants to re-enter TPP. Ten, wants to uncap immigration if they're educated. Eleven, changes his positions weekly when called out. 
But should we all totally trust him to lead the MAGA movement because he called out Ronna McDaniel, like 99% of other Republicans that have been doing this for years? Exactly. And I know a lot of you have been on the fence about this. We like the fact that we've got a spoiler in the game as well. But honestly, this is really just something because... All of a sudden, he is speaking to the MAGA crowd. A lot of people refer to the fact that, hey, this is the campaign DeSantis should have had. If he was going to put himself out there, at least put him into a light where he gained the trust of the base. Us MAGA folks, right? I mean, we are the majority of the Republican base, whether the the rhinos like it or not. Their lobbyists are not able to fill the bill. And that's what's so funny. The whole thing with Rana, the funds, they're not fundraising. They are depending 100% on their lobbyists at this point. They are not getting the donations from people like you and me like they used to. And it is showing. So he puts out this post and here you go. Of course, it was fact check. We had Ramaswamy that sued WEF and he won this particular americafaith.com and he received funding from qvt financial which was a hedge fund that was founded by soros those two have battled out with about these issues they've gone back and forth and with the help help of x i think that's really great that there was a lot of clarifying statements from this but people still are on the fence when soros is mentioned or associated in any way that's a big mm, stop But he has stated that he has never met George Soros or any of his family members. So following D.C. Drano's accusations on Twitter, Ramaswamy wasted no time firing back with a strongly worded response. Ramaswamy, he denied any affiliation, a claim that was made and called it a pathetic lie. Don't disrespect your followers by lying to them like the MSM. The fact that you're still sitting here says I was never affiliated with the W. I'm the guy who sued them and won. And apparently they've had this battle going on for months. And if you if you look at the page regularly, you saw this one actually unfold. And I think that there's been a truth there. I believe that I don't think it's going to change anybody's mind. Nobody's ever going to say, okay, well, I'm going to vote for Ramaswamy over Trump. And Ramaswamy, I can assure you, doesn't expect you to. He knows how strong the Trump base is. He knows that that is the next ticket. He's looking ahead is how I see it. And in order to gain your trust, he's got to do the best that he possibly can in handling this whole situation while he's on the stage. He needs to to talk the Trump, (laughs) the Trump talk is what he needs to do. Because otherwise, we're not going to let anybody in. This is a very close-knit group, and we are very skeptical, especially when you look at the first four years of Trump. We trust no one. The likes of Chris Christie getting Director Ray in there and all of the other swamp monsters that surrounded President Trump, that is our one thing that we can all consistently say is that we seriously hope he is not surrounded 
surrounded by the same people that he was the first four years because they were out to destroy him and they tried to charm him they tried to appease him they tried to guide him and there were a lot of things that he was able to fight off but and he recognized who they were but in some cases they did incredible amounts of damage and it was on purpose they were working for the establishment so all of us are really hesitant when all of a sudden somebody comes out of the blue and we go "Mm, and you are (laughs) <laughs> and where did you come from? And okay, so have you been looking at, at our, our post, MAGA post? Have you been studying us? What's going on? Are, and we know that they're think tanks and everything else. So of course, they're going to have access to what really gets the base going, what we're really passionate about, the wall, the borders, all the things that are happening in this country, whether it be financially, whether it be abroad, it doesn't matter. You can look and you can see where our efforts lie and what we're the most concerned about. And right now, borders are at the absolute top of the list. So they had this back and forth, and here you've got D.C. Drano. He is pulling out the receipts and the nation of victims. He may pretend to be a Trump fan now, but he wasn't when he wrote this book. He says that the 2020 election was not stolen, and Pence did the right thing on January 6th. And so he goes on to say, like we're all feeling, "Hmm, no more Judas Pence. No more of those. No more of those types, please. So in a tweet to his subscribers, you had D.C. Drano. He vowed to release more to expose Vivek. And everybody started to get on him. Why are you going after him? Isn't he pro-Trump? Isn't it great that we've got somebody that's fighting for him when he's not on the debate stage? I think it's great that he's a spoiler, but it's not going to change me from really being hesitant about him. He can talk from both sides. He's one of the smoothest talkers I've ever heard. So it really kind of reminds me of an Obama type situation where, okay, he can, he's got the swagger, he's got the swag, but what is he really going to do if you give him any amount of power? So if you want to, I mean, just give him something small and see what he does with it, right? If, if everybody's like, well, you know, this would be really great to have him in the Trump campaign or have him, of course, in the administration. Put him somewhere where he can't hurt anybody, all right? This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. That's where, that's where he needs to go, if anywhere. So ties to George Soros, you've, you've got that whole thing. We've been talking about anybody that's ever crossed the paths. And so here is some of it. You've got the fellowship award to the towards the JD in law at Yale University, and you've got the World Economic Forum. You've got the stance on the face mask, 
and he acknowledged that he made a statement encouraging people to buy masks out of personal responsibility early in the pandemic in opposition to government advice. However, he clarified that as the scientific understanding of masks evolved, so did his stance. Okay, well, you know, this whole thing with the masks have been flip-flopping like crazy. And I don't know what your first clue was, but mine, when they wanted to give you a jab, a vaccinate, let's not call it a vax. It's not a vax. I, that's just a wrong word to use with what they did. This was a bioweapon and they absolutely poisoned and hurt so many people and they still are not releasing all of the information. They didn't want you to know what was in that jab for 72 years when none of us are here to even talk about the events of our time on this planet. You do realize that. That was the goal. Right. So that later on they can find out, oh, yeah, the government somewhere, they lied to us, kind of like the murder of of Kennedy. It's the same thing. Or that they're UFOs. Okay, well, this news cycle is going so fast, my friends, that they will mention a discovery of UFOs and nobody even bats an eye. That's how wild things have gotten. You've got his connection with NIH. He has yet to respond to the allegations about the Na- his partnership with the National Institutes of Health and the database of patients' personal medical information. His voting record shows that he is not a registered Republican. And so that was one of the things that people were pulling up when researching him. Voting records initially posted by an account by Ohio Legislative Watch on X show that Ramaswamy did not vote in the Ohio State primaries in 2022 and 2023. Again, this reminds everybody of Obama. We had never heard of him really before either. And then all of a sudden, he was top of the charts. He was on every every single person's watch list. And everybody wanted to know, where did this guy come from? Well, deals were made, of course. So here you've got the Franklin County elections, and his party is listed for Vivek Ramaswamy, registered to vote, and he is unaffiliated. And here you go, the voting record. You can see no history in the 2023, the 2022 primary, the 2022 election here. So in August, you had Candace Owens. She hosted a heated debate between the conservative influencer DC Drano and Ramaswamy on her podcast. The podcast provided a platform for the two to face off directly. DC Drano, he grilled Ramaswamy by calling out his flip-flopping on critical topics. Again, election integrity. You had Ramaswamy, who initially did not believe the 2020 election was stolen through ballot fraud. However, he later appeared to have changed his stance. Also, his support for Mike Pence. He supported former vice president Mike Pence. The fly was right on January 6th. Then you had the Trans-Pacific Partnership, the TPP. Ramaswamy, he expressed interest in re-entering TPP, a stance that D.C. Drano criticized as being in contrast to America First principles. Immigration policy, you had Ramaswamy, who advocated for a no cap on educated immigrants. 
on COVID-19 vaccination. He initially encouraged everyone to get vaccinated, but later re expressed regret. And just like magic, Vivek changed many of his positions, and now he claimed there was a 2020 ballot fraud, only wants bilateral trade deals, regrets getting the vax. The whole thing, you do the math. All right, so the 2020 election fraud, you have D.C. Drano who expressed his concerns about the fact that his past statements included from his book criticizing President Trump regarding the January 6th incident and called him a loser. Drano absolutely directly went after Ramaswamy on his stance on the 2020 election fairness and whether the election was rigged. Drano said, I started to dig a little deeper on Twitter and I came across some passages from your book and I don't know which book it is. It's one of two, but it's, it talks about January 6th and says it was a dark day for democracy. The loser of this last election refused to concede the race, claimed the election was stolen, raised hundreds of millions of dollars from loyal supporters, and is considering running from for executive office again. I'm referring to, of course, Donald Trump. Now, this is a quote. So this is the whole thing. This is why everybody is saying, no, 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 we're not going to allow him just to waltz on through there. So if you would like to watch the debate, I am dropping it into chat for you so that you can check that little number out. Also, we have got the most amazing chat room. Thank you for being here. Seriously. I know you all are probably baking cookies and having fun and, and hopefully you're with your friends and family. We are just, you know, the type of show that no matter what, rain or shine, we, we just need our politics and we need our politics fix. And so we go over and try to make sense of all of this nonsense. A lot of you know that I do a show Monday through Friday with Cat Turd. We have a great show in the litter box, but it's so funny. We cannot name that show. You know why? Because these stories are constantly coming out. And so by the time we name it, it looks like it was news from a week ago. So if you haven't joined in the litter box, I really hope that you will follow that channel as well and that you will give it a follow. And if you want to comment on the shows, all the activity is positive for us. Like like Cat Turd says, thank you trolls. You're actually boosting his views and people that get to know who he is when you're out there on social media. We've got a great group in the chat, and Rumble has been awesome about providing us with a platform where we can speak. You also know the story about how we all got kicked off of social media for discussing all of these different arguments that DC Drano just brought up to Ramaswamy. Those are the biggies right there, and that's what's been happening. So here you have, you've got this line that people are talking about. Okay, now I mentioned plagiarism before. That was with the Harvard professor. But did you recognize this line used by Vivek Ramaswamy during the first debate? Well, among some of the animated remarks delivered from the entrepreneur turned presidential candidate, you've got him basically using a lot of the sound bites that sound very familiar to people that have fought that have followed politics over the last few cycles who the heck is this skinny guy with a funny last name and what the heck is he doing in the middle of this debate stage ramaswamy asked 
rhetorically on the debate stage. It was a catchy quip. He aimed at addressing questions Republican voters might have about the political outsiders crashing the 2024 Republican presidential primary. But it was also, as fellow GOP contender uh, Chris Christie pointed out, not an original line. He said, I've had enough already tonight of a guy who sounds like chat GPT standing up here. And the last person in one of these debates who stood in the middle of the stage and said, what's a skinny guy with an odd last name doing up here? Well, the last person that did that was, hmm, you guessed it, Barack Obama. And I'm afraid we're dealing with the same type of amateur, Christie said. So when we say that Ramaswamy, I mean, he's almost too good to be true. And where does and where did he come from? And and how did he get here? And now all of a sudden, I mean, he he's like a favorite in the MAGA movement. Okay, we need to look at that a little bit more closely before we get overly excited about this guy. I can promise you that. Have we not learned our lesson? And I try to go into things positively and with an open mind. But with what we've been through so far, n- no. I'm not just going to welcome anybody in. I'm very protective of my brood. (laughs) So the GOP 2024 candidate Vivek Ramaswamy says he would be open, open to evaluating pardons for the Biden crime family members if elected. Okay, so he actually said it. Sure. He got up there and he announced that he would be open to evaluating pardons for the members of the Biden family, among others, if elected to the nation's highest office. Speaking to the New York Post, Ramaswamy explained the bold initiatives he aims to undertake. So he says, after I'm leading the Great Revival, after we have shut down the FBI, after we have refurbished the Department of Justice, after we have systematically pardoned anyone who was a victim of politically motivated persecution from Donald Trump and peaceful January 6 protests, then I would be open to evaluating pardons for members of the Biden family in the interest of moving the nation forward, he said. It's a broad theme of his candidacy, leading us to a national renewal rather than a national divorce. It's part of a broader vision of an American revitalization, he said. So during an appearance at Fox News, very shady indeed, Sunday Morning Futures, you've got Ramaswamy. He took the opportunity to clarify previous statements on the topic. He lamb-blasted recent reporting from the Compost, from the Post, which he claimed to have taken his words about pardoning, pardoning Hunter out of context as a product of opposition research. He said, let me fast forward to January 21, 2025, my second day in office. He says, after we have issued those pardons, after we have set in motion shutting down the FBI, not just reforming it, actually restoring the integrity of our government, this is what he said. The question is, is the next thing that I want to do after we have set our nation forward is to then focus my agenda on persecuting Joe Biden or his family? My answer to that question is no. Ramaswamy said, I'm going to be focused on stimulating the economy, ending the the war in Ukraine, declaring independence from China. That is how we win as one nation. So no, I'm not going to be guided by vengeance and grievance. I'm going to be guided by integrity. But the first step is getting there. There can be no reconciliation without truth, he added. Okay, so here's the deal. This is how I see it. 
Those clowns have got to go to prison. They have got to, once they are convicted, what they have done to our country, I will never forget or get over, and neither will you. We will be talking about this, and generations to come will be talking about this. This has been, they have tried to steal our country as quickly as they possibly can. They have brought in a communism type regime. I mean, it is communism. Some of these policies, some of these things that they are trying to put on the American people from speech to your second amendment, they are doing everything that they can to make sure that we don't even recognize our country. They have been profiting themselves. You see it in the lawsuits. You see it, what's going on with Hunter Biden. They've been selling their names, selling their brands. Now it is even, it's come to light even more than ever before. You've got all kinds of things that are happening and that are people are starting to pay attention to. With Hunter Biden's laptop, then you get to see the complicity of the media and how they have been working as a PR firm for the Democrat Party. It's unreal. And what do they get in return? They get interviews. They get access. They get ad buys. They get all of those different things. So yes, it's terrifying. So then we continue on the truth to power. You've got them all where he just goes after everybody. Vivek basically mops the stage floor with GOP bootlickers. Speaking of boots, haha, DeSantis. Then you've got Vivek Ramaswamy's national political director. He resigns to join the Trump campaign. Interesting, right? Definitely a move there, a political one at that. You've got Ron DeSantis, who set up to sign a bill into law that would allow him to run for president in 2024. So DeSantis now is all of a sudden going, "Mm, I've got to do something here because I want to remain governor. Well, you see what happened to Krispy Kreme, right? Same thing. This is exactly what happened. Every single move, even though we all know that DeSantis is trying to advance, he himself is holding him back. So, of course, he was able to run for president in 2024 without relinquishing his job as governor, thanks to a bill that was passed by Florida legislature. And so it reformed the entire state law so that he could run, so he could go and run against President Trump. Then you've got the whole insurance crisis. It's haunting Ron DeSantis's campaign. Everybody knows exactly what's going on with this whole thing, and this has been a huge story. It's a problem in Florida, and that is why people are saying, come back to Florida, Ron, especially when you've got hurricane season there. DeSantis is now being pressured to answer for the issue. And this is Trump. Trump is saying, hey, we need you here. Look at these insurance rates. Look at what is going on here in our state. We need you present. We don't need you in Iowa. President Trump said, Governor, come home and take care of your state, said Democratic State Senator Tracy Davis. He asked DeSantis, who was asking DeSantis to call a special session and to provide immediate financial relief for policyholders. Okay, so none of that stuff was done. And so Floridians, and rightfully so, are like, hey, what about us? You think that you can run for president, but you're not even to even, you're not even able to handle our state, much less run a campaign or help 
show up. He's even late now at some of these events. He's not even getting there. So Ron DeSantis, he effectively ended his race for president, says theories about Donald Trump, about 2020 election being stolen. They were unsubstantiated. Here's a list of illegal, illicit acts, fraud, and cheating in the 2020 election. So this is the thing. We all know that the election was stolen. The fact that now you've got DeSantis, who is on the other side, basically saying, oh no, that didn't happen, when we have nothing but proof. How didn't they cheat? They used the media, they had Hunter Biden's laptop, they they were calling races on Fox and other networks well before it was time. They had one plan and it was to speed this whole thing along and make sure that President Trump was out of the Oval Office, and they raced Joe Biden in as quickly as they possibly could. You saw the excitement. You saw the energy. You saw the enthusiasm. You know about 2,000 mules. You know about all of these different things that were happening. You see the videos, right, of all of these different people that were working with the ballots, and they were running them through the machines multiple, multiple times. In fact, we just had a case where they went after Rudy Giuliani for an incredible amount of money, something that he does not have, and he is having to file bankruptcy as a result. In order to appeal, he's got to put everything out there so that it's transparent. But all of this was by design, and they did not care who they ran over. So by doing all of this, at least 70% of Republican voters still believe that Joe Biden's win was illegitimate. Does he really think that he is going to pick up voters when he's saying this? And do you think he's going to get any action from the left? No, the left cannot stand conservatives. They do not like the right. There are people on the left that they see somebody on the right, and it doesn't matter the intellect, what they're saying, the reasoning, or anything. They have been completely just gaslit beyond belief, brainwashed. The whole thing is so bad that, that you say anything about President Trump, and basically there is a wall that goes up, and they are staring into an abyss. They cannot register what you're saying. Now, Here's one thing that I do, and I don't know if it'll help you, especially this holiday season. I'm going to try to give you a few little tricks trip, tricks, bah, so that you have them up your sleeve. For starters, if you say the last administration instead of Trump, that helps because all of a sudden if you say Trump, whoop, they go into orange man bad syndrome, some of them anyway. But if you say the last administration, you know, I was doing really great. I had great things that were happening in my life. There were, there were good things that were going on. The economy was thriving. I had a job. I was doing really well. We, had, we didn't have all of these illegal aliens that are coming into our country and, and taking over our hotels and everything else. I live in the city, so I see this. I see the impact that it's had. I live in a sanctuary state. I live in Hollywood. So I see what kind of impact all of this has had. And it's one of those things. It's going to take a long time before Southern California, California in itself under the the ruling, I should call it, of Gavin Newsom before people recognize what it looks like. Communism. For instance, I will never forget COVID. 
I was unable to leave my home. I was not going to get the jab, so I wasn't allowed to go and shop in stores. I wasn't able to go to restaurants. Now, luckily, fortunately, I know a lot of the restaurant owners and there are a lot of my friends, and so I had no problem. But if I was going to somewhere new, they asked for my card to prove that I had been vaccinated. The playgrounds, they were tying up the swing sets. They were filling the skate parks with sand. They wanted to make sure that you were completely without everything. They locked you in your homes, no different than what they would do in communist China. Absolutely not. I was having my groceries delivered to my house because I could not go into a store to shop for them. They were going to force this jab on you or me, anybody here that was living here at the time, no matter what. You had family members that were snitching each other out. I have a very dear friend who would go to the gym and who would go to the spa. And when he got into a conversation with somebody, he told the person, hey, yeah, no, I'm not getting the jab. It's really unhealthy. I don't trust what's in it. I, I just don't feel comfortable. I don't have enough information. Well, that person went and tattled to the gym and then the gym called his sister <laughs> and said you really need to get a hold of your brother and make sure that he gets that jab but he is not allowed back we have revoked his membership well now all of a sudden people are starting to find out hey the best thing you could have done if you had covid was to exercise and to go to the gym and yet you saw what how they treated people that own gyms this is a time in history i will never forget you will never forget. The difference between President Trump and Biden and his regime was that President Trump left that decision up to you. He tried to do what he could with the information he was given. The Biden regime, we're going to force it upon you because, hey, the pharmaceutical companies are going to get rich as a result of all of this. this are, these are their friends. These are the lobbyists that are donating to their campaigns. This can be something we can introduce year after year after year. Look how successful it was. Look at how much money was being made. Look at the stock market and how it rose. I mean, come on. This is a moneymaker. This is almost like climate change. This is our payday. So, when you understand how D-Sleaze works, it shouldn't surprise you that you were just a pawn in their little game, that you were exposable, you were disposable. That's how they see you. If you had something happen to you as a result of them not knowing how tall you were, what your weight was, you know, what you were allergic to, your family history. No, they just wanted to give you the jab and then be on your way and here's your little card and you just present this at any location and maybe you can even get a free donut. That was their job. They didn't care about any of the things that actually mattered. And a lot of people will never go to see their doctor again as a, as a result of all of this. And who could blame them? Who could blame them? So real quick, I do have a quick sponsor here, and it is Enhance Health. So we've got an awesome sponsor today for the gems, and it's the one and only Enhance Health. Now you can see we only roll, roll with the coolest crew, and these guys are here to help. Look, health insurance might not be the most exciting topic out there, but let's be real. It's super important. That's why Enhance Health is ready to cut through all the noise. They're all about getting you qualified. We're talking about $0 premiums on health insurance for most folks they talk to. I mean, why pay more when you can pay none? Am I right? Just give them a buzz at one 866 
383-0797 and their straight shooting experts will walk you through it. No fluff, just the facts. Health shouldn't take a back seat. All right, littermates and gyms and rumble peeps, it's time to make it a priority. Let's stop talking about it and start doing something. Enhance health where your health meets your terms. You can call them again. That number real quick is one 866 3830797. So hopefully you will do that because we all need it. Especially now we have no idea what's going to happen next. It's like we're all waiting for the next thing to drop. So then you have got Ron DeSanctis. He effectively ended his campaign and that's because he's walking back all of these different things. The the election was stolen and all of these other things. I mean, it's just it's pitiful at this point. He takes a swipe at Trump and MAGA on MSNBC, says that Trump could have pardoned all January Sixers, and calls MAGA his people. Are you kidding, Ron? No, we're, we're not who, we're not your people. We're not in your pocket. Forget it. So he gets up there and basically insults everybody. First off, it was a lie because nobody had been charged until President Trump was out of office. So that is a moot point. I wouldn't even go any further than saying that is dismissed, even saying something like that. But remember, we're living in a headline world. So he goes on to say it's interesting to me that on January 6th protests, I mean, he he called that rally knowing that he it was going to be in D.C. where things could get potentially out of hand. And he's now saying he would do clemency for, I guess, the nonviolent. But he could have done that when he was president. He could not have. So that, again, is completely moot. He says he thinks there were people, Joe, that came because they said protest the election. I don't think they intended to do it. Some of the people that were there were convicted of things like trespassing. You see videos where you'll have police officers actually motioning for people to go in. You'll see that where they where they were taking pictures in the statuary hall. We've all seen the videos, Ron, and it's basically exonerating Trump supporters, all of them, especially when you look at the exchanges. And this sad face, I mean, really, he has got, he wears this face around town. I just don't understand who is giving him the heads up with all this stuff. I really don't. I don't know who's advising him, but he's, he's got to figure this out. Same face. He looks unhappy. He looks uncomfortable. He looks absolutely miserable. So Ron DeSantimonious, he believes Trump should be excluded from the election if convicted in ongoing bogus indictments by Biden regime. And he said this on MSNBC. Here's the deal. Okay, so if you can't win, you cheat. He wants to basically eliminate the people's choice. That's what he's telling you. Oh, no, the best person cannot win. The best person, the one that's winning by an absolute landslide, whose name shall not be known or spoken, and he thinks that, okay, by doing that, that he's going to be a shoo-in? <laughs> no pun intended. No, no boot in for you. I mean, maybe in the lifts, but definitely not in the likes of the American people's minds. It's not going to help you. So all of this stuff absolutely hurt him. It hurt him worse than ever. So then you've got the mega donors, the billionaire Democrat mega donor who visited Epstein Island funds Nikki Haley solely to stop Donald Trump. Now, you know who this clown is? This cat, and I don't mean cat in a disparaging way, except for when I'm talking about this guy. This guy 
is bad news. Reed Hoffman is the one that is funding E. Jean Carroll's rape accusation claim against Donald Trump. Yes, he is funding her lawsuit and has been a huge contributor of Get Trump. That's him. So he is the one that owns LinkedIn. LinkedIn. I, I'm over there rarely. We're streaming over there, but it's a place that I don't really, I don't understand how it works. <laughs> I don't have time for it. But anyway, I've got some friends over there that I talk to on the regular, so that's why I know about it. Well, Hoffman is worth $2.1 billion and is the co-founder of LinkedIn and has admittedly visited convicted child sex trafficker at Jeffrey Epstein's private island. Again, this part of the monologue earlier, we were talking about the fact that there are a lot of people that are very nervous about all of this stuff coming out. So he contributed $250,000 to Haley's campaign. Should tell you everything that you need to know right there. So you've got rhinos with Never Nikki that are just, she's no better than any of them. And hey, I have a theory for everybody. And, you know, just hear me out because I know a lot of people, we've all gotten upset whenever we see who the vice president list is. And they keep coming out with all of these names. And one thing is that Nikki keeps showing up on this list. Now, this is how I see Nikki Haley. It, honestly, you remember Mittens, right? I mean, you remember how President Trump handled Mitt Romney. I don't think there is even the slightest chance that Nikki Haley is going to be, be vice president. But President Trump, and I'm not trying to give it away. I'm really not trying to give what I think he's doing away to anybody that they catch on. You probably all have thought of it yourselves. So anywho, I'm just saying for those that really got rattled over the whole thing, don't worry about it. He's playing a game. That's it. He's just playing a game. And he's letting the left think, oh, yeah, I can be reasonable. I mean, come on, look. I mean, look at how many people I listened to you my first four years. Well, you, as you remember the story about Mittens, no, he's definitely not going to make him st Secretary of State. He appeased him. He went to dinner with him. He let him take pictures of the whole gathering. And then in the very end, oh, nope. He pulled that endorsement and did he never became Secretary of State. So I think it's the same thing here. And going over that list real quick, this one is from the Calvin Coolidge Project. And here's the report. President Trump is considering picking 10 options of as the VP pick. And here are some of the names for 2024. J.D. Vance is number one. Two, Ben Carson. Three, Elise Stefanik. You've got four, Sarah Sanders. You've got five, Christine Nome. You've got six, Tucker Carlson. Seven, Byron Donalds. You've got eight, Carrie Lake. You've got nine, Nancy Mace. And then 10, Nikki Haley. So it actually originated from Tom LaBianco reporting is what he is who he's crediting for this list. But I really think he is just going to just continue what he normally do does and that's troll them into oblivion because there isn't master troll and that is President Trump. He does it better than anyone. So when we start talking about the World Economic Forum, Okay, you've got, it's been revealed, Nikki Haley is one of the globalist World Economic Forum founder, Klaus Schwab's young global leaders. All right, so Klaus, that's right, the guy who, who basically says, 
You will eat the bugs and be happy. <laughs> no, we won't. Not now and not ever. Okay, so you've got the former South Carolina governor and UN ambassador Nikki Haley. She has been compromised by Klaus Schwab and global elites since 2011, according to the National Files reporting. Haley gained national attention Tuesday when she threw her hat into the ring. Now, this is an older article, but they want to give you the, the background. As President Trump's first challenger for president in 2024, less than 2,000 views tuned in to watch her first campaign rally, which was an absolute disaster, okay? Because if you were paying attention, she was telling you, hey, I'm going to run on the whole divisive ticket. Look at me. I'm a girl, a brown girl, living in a black and, and white world. I'm more confident than ever that we can make this vision real in our time, because that's what I've seen my entire life. As a brown girl growing up in a black and white world, I saw the promise of America unfold before me. As the proud wife of a combat veteran, I saw our people's deep love of- Uh-huh, okay. And then she goes on and she continues to go after all of these different things. Okay, one of her, one of the things that she put on the table, Nikki Haley claims posting social media anonymously is national security threat, calls for mandatory verification of all social media users. Okay, except the spoiler alert is that she doesn't even use her own name. Huh, hello. I mean, interesting, but she's all part of this whole thing and everybody now, I hope, except for people that watch Fox News. I'm telling you, Fair warning going into the Christmas holidays with your family is when you get into these discussions, they are going to bring Nikki Haley's name up and they are going to say, yeah, you know, we really like Trump, but hey, the chances of him with all of these charges against him are pretty brutal. And hey, you know, I mean, she just seems to know what she's doing. She's got that. They've this is Fox. <laughs> they. It sounds just like Fox. It smells just like Fox. It is Fox. That's who they're li they're listening to. And so you're going to need to expose Nikki, never Nikki the neocon, of and all of the things that she is for, which we went over a little bit earlier, and let them know that yes, she is just another plant. She is no better than any of the other rhinos that have been up there before her time. She's going to get us into war. She, the lobbyist and everything else, she is completely beholden to. So clueless Nikki Haley, she slams President Trump on ABC, says that he had the opportunity to stop the Capitol riot, but had the wrong tone and chaos, chaos follows Trump. Now, is there any question why you have got this new Speaker Johnson, who is not going to release all of the January 6th videotapes? Well, the reason why they're not going to is because you've got all of these people on the right and the left, the rhinos and the dinos, who are saying, no, that's going to blow the narrative. That's the way we make sure that President Trump isn't on the ballot and loses the election. Although with the people, they have already lost because we have seen those tapes. There is no wonder why so many people were kicked off of social media the day of and the day after January 6th. I was, I was kicked off that day. 
Why? Because they had already figured out who the Trump supporters were. I was talking to Kat Turt about it on one of our shows, and he was he was saying, hey, the day where I lost 235000 like in minutes, and then I lost even more than that the next day? Yes, that day. Because they had another message. Have you heard of the Twitter files? Well, we've covered it extensively on this show. You can go back and you can, you can check out some of the other shows that we've done here. And honestly, the list is long. How didn't they spy on you they were looking at your dms they were looking at what you were posting the algorithms were getting you you were shadow banned before you were ever kicked off even without warning i never received a warning and poof gone i was in i was out in a second that's again another reason why we had to get on some of these other platforms the government knows how who you are how you vote how you perceive them and everything else they've been doing their research 100% they've been using our taxpayer dollars to spy on us, all right? It's horrible. But this is exactly who she is. This is exactly, she's into selling this particular narrative. Somebody got up into a war room and said, this is what we need in order to win. And moving forward, we have got, of course, the DeSantis campaign, no phonier politician than Nikki Haley. Of course, the DeSantis campaign has taken a shot at Nikki Haley because, of course, everybody knows who she is. In the new ad that was released, you had DeSantis. He pointed that Haley has flip-flopped on several policies, including relations with China, abortions, and government censorship. And then he, an ad asked, aside from Hillary Clinton, has there ever been a phonier politician? politician than Tricky Nikki. No, she is Hillary Clinton absolutely in heels. So there's all kinds of things that that go down. And I love that they're starting to turn on each other because there is a guy that is winning. You've got interactive poll numbers show that President Donald J. Trump as the clear leader for the Republican Party. And he is beating Joe Biden in national polls. And this is what is making the left completely crazy. They cannot stand it. I mean, every single time they turn around, he's gaining even more steam, and it is glorious to watch. I am having a field day with all of this, as you are, as he is. All you have to do is go over to his truth page, and you can see all of this. I mean, look at this. This is incredible. This is December 20th, 2023, interactive polls. You've got Trump at 67%. You've got DeSantis at 11%. Tricky Nikki, bird brain, at 11%. You've got Ramaswamy at 4%. You've got Christie at 3%. Again, Ramaswamy is looking ahead. He's looking down the road, and he's looking to get something in Trump's administration. All right, that's... That's what his calling is. So watch that guy. I mean, seriously, maybe later, but not today. Not today, sir. Not today. So then you've got 2024 Republican primary delegate forecasts, and it's a fulfilled field. You've got Donald Trump, 2,289. Nikki Haley at 89. Ron DeSantis at 82. So he is starting to trail behind her. Of course, he's attacking her. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, but the the campaign that was held by DeSantis is just, I don't know how he recovers from any of this. Here's the Iowa 2024 poll, Emerson. You've got President Trump, he's at 48%. You've got Biden, who is at 40%. You've got the GOP president, who is at Trump 
50%. He's gotten plus 33. Haley at 17%. I mean, look at these numbers. You've got DeSantis at 15%. Ramaswamy, 8%. Christie at 4%. You've got the Dem. Dems over here, Biden at 69%. He's gotten a plus 64. Well, probably because he's trying to get people off of the ticket. Williamson is at 5%, and then Phillips is at 1%. So this is a clear indicator. You've got President Trump that has just garnered and is gaining traction every single day. It is going to be an absolute blowout like nothing we've ever seen before. And I think it's going to be glorious. So you know how it works with these clowns, right? Like with the media, okay, it's not only the ad revenue that is a major factor, but they make deals. So like in Biden's case, he's got a little note card. He stands behind the podium and he addresses everyone. And he only speaks to certain reporters. I mean, the gaffes with this clown is awful. So he only speaks to certain people. He knows who he's supposed to call on, hopefully. Most of the time he doesn't even recognize the face on the card that he's supposed to be pointing, that's supposed to help him out. Doesn't work. But in exchange for them writing these puff pieces, what's his favorite ice cream? What is he going to buy his son for Christmas? All of these different things. And how wonderful Jill is. I mean, they had her on every single cover of every single fashion magazine. We had the most beautiful first lady ever ever that we've ever and they didn't they treated her terribly when you look back on the trump years and the christmas years with president trump nothing compares to melania i mean she was so eloquent she was absolutely just amazing and still is how she was able to go to the funeral and sit among the snakes she continues to shine she has more poise more grace and i will tell you one thing president trump has got many blessings with all of the hits that he's been handed she is without a doubt a wonderful wonderful person and just such a a wonderful partner of his and you can see the video from from past Christmases which is what I have on the screen and when you start looking at the Trump years we're gonna get him back we're gonna get him back but we're going to have to work incredibly hard you have got the neocons that are working like nobody's business to make sure they that they're going to make it to where we are not even able to vote. They're going to say, oh, no, we're going to take that for you. We're going to get to decide. You're going to vote for who we tell you you can vote for. We're going to place whoever it is into office where we can make sure that that's the person we're going to get because we're going to cheat. And so when you look at these two and you look at the holidays and you look at all of the gatherings at the White House and everybody, it, it was a completely different time back then. It seems like forever ago. That's the amount of destruction that Biden has done to our country. I mean, when we call it the Obama administration. We're not kidding. You look at the different Christmases. I mean, she was just so eloquent, so eloquent now and not was, is. Just an amazing, amazing person and a role model. And the ridicule, the attacks, the way they treated this family, they're terrified of the return. And so we got to do what we do best. 
we've got to make sure that we get them there. So I wanted just to show you last night. Okay, so I was up all night because I wanted to prepare because this will be the last show that I do until we come back on, guess what, January 6th. So I went into the White House archives on, you know, of course, YouTube. I'm sure we're going to have something like that if we don't already on Rumble. But just looking through all of this footage and you see all of the things that just made you smile back then. President Trump and his off-the-cuff remarks, Melania and just how eloquent she is and just the entire family. Even there's shots in here from went from 2017 when President Trump was still taller than Barron, <laughs> which is not the case now. So time really does move quickly and you just have all of these different scenes and so I had a great time I stayed up again way too late I think it was up until four something this morning just looking at the archives and piecing them together so that we can remember what a beautiful beautiful time it was and just that what we're going to get back we're going to get our country back we're going to get the rightful president back into office and things are going to get better for us going forward enough of what's happening with the border enough of all of these pardons that biden is trying to do in order to 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 gain in popularity i mean it's just not working and he knows it and then you've got of course you know, Governor Gavin Newsom, who is hot on the trails. Now, he's paying attention. He's planning to block Trump. Um, he, he rejects the plan to block Trump from the 2024 California uh, ballot, which everybody, you know, was worried that California was going to be one of the states that did that. Well, he knows that he wants to look a certain way. He wants to look like he is bipartisan. He is not bipartisan. Not by any stretch of the mile. So it's going to be a real interesting time coming up. And you're going to have a lot of people that don't want you to, to believe what you've heard or what you've seen. But we are going to be there to remind them. The people on social media do an incredible job. Maze Moore, at Maze Moore, if you don't follow him, you really, really should. At I'm Mimo is another where they point out in videos the hypocrisy of the left and they think that you're going to forget. You're not, I'm not. So I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful holiday season planned. I do want to make something up to one of our sponsors for In the Litter Box. I figured that I could, I could help out with, because yesterday's swatting really threw everybody off. But Blackout Coffee, so they have been an incredible supporter of In the Litter Box, so I wanted to give them a brief little shout out, especially with the swatting that happened. Holiday craziness is here again. It's time, that time of the year for family gatherings and hectic shopping. Start your days outright by pouring yourself a strong cup of Blackout Coffee. Blackout Coffee is an active supporter of hardworking Americans who see their work as their duty. They don't put up with any liberal woke nonsense. They honor and take care of their customers more than any other coffee company out there. Blackout Coffee only uses premium-grade coffee beans. Most people don't even know what premium coffee even tastes like because those woke mega-corporations, they keep pushing lower-grade beans onto the American people. Drink and share with your friends and family a great cup of coffee this holiday season. An added bonus is that you can skip all of those long lines at the store. All you have to do is order online, and the folks at Blackout Coffee... They ship within 48 hours of roasting, so it's really good. 
Do us a favor, go to blackoutcoffee.com forward slash LB and see what we're talking about. They are the real deal. It's time to quit drinking woke corporate junk coffee every morning. It's blackoutcoffee.com forward slash LB or use the coupon code LB for 20% off your first order. Make the switch to Blackout Coffee. You can thank me later. They're a great company and you need to get on it because if you're like me, instead of bringing wine, I bring things like this. So a lot of their cocos are gone and their teas. You're just going to have to check the website and see what they have back available. It looks like they have been restocked, which is awesome. Okay, because a lot of these were gone we have this one too the dark orange orange uh the dark orange dark chocolate orange hot cocoa that is a great one too if you like that sort of thing and of course just the dark chocolate hot cocoa or the chocolate peppermint patty hot cocoa any of those are really awesome as well so when i say sip on a warm beverage when we are spilling tea here on the show you can automatically go straight into Blackout Coffee. So I want to give you a little bit on our guest that's going to join me in just a few minutes. I have got here Nicole Lady Nogrady, and she is really, I cannot wait to talk to her. Um, She's been on Steve Bannon on his show as well, but she is a singer-songwriter, thrilled that she's going to join me for a few minutes today. So she is a singer-songwriter and a patriot who spent many years in, guess where, Hollywood, where I am. She saw firsthand the depravity of the evils of the film and music industry and eventually turned her back on it. Music has always been her passion, and after a long hiatus, she realized that this was her true life's calling. She decided to use her talents for good to advocate for freedom and to work diligently to expose the evil nature nature of the industry. Lady Nogrady's music is a reflection of her life experiences and her desire to inspire positive change in the world. Her single, Modern Day Holy War, is a captivating hit that showcases the reality of the current battle between good and evil in today's world. You can check her out at www.ladynogrady.com and you can check out her website and I'm going to play her song before she comes in so we can discuss it when she arrives arrives so sit back we are going to play this song for you and honestly this is something else it is named the modern day holy war check it out in america we don't worship government we worship god
Everybody, so that was Modern Day Holy War, and that was Nicole Lady No Grady. Hi, Nicole. Oh, I think I'm. Lo- I don't have your sound on for some reason. You may have turned that one on. It's okay. There you are. Hello. Okay. Hi. Thank you for having me. I am so glad you are here. I've heard nothing but good things about you. I was able to research a few of the things that you've been doing lately. Wow. Your life has changed drastically. Now, something we have in common, my dear, is that I live in Hollywood right now. And I've lived here for quite a few years. So I'm sure we probably know some of the same people, some of the same places. And so with that, I will I will let you start. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, Well, I'm trying to figure out my having a little bit of, of issue right now with with my um. Wait, I can't see you. Oh, okay. That's a great question. Let me. Somebody should have told you this. Okay, so I don't reveal my identity. Oh, oh yeah, okay. I don't okay. reveal my identity on the show because of where I live. I'm sorry you had to go through that. Okay, I'm sure you're that, going. That's a, smart, that's a smart thing. Well. Um, and I definitely, I had yeah. a lot of, you know, not wanting to put myself out there for a long time. Once I got, decided to be a conservative, um, I was a little bit fearful. So I can understand how you must feel. But I have since moved out of L.A. into the safety and patriotism that is Orange County. So I have no problem here now. But uh, but yeah, so thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. No, it's really something because here... You have got all kinds of crazies and you've got a lot of activists and this would be the perfect opportunity for them. When you see what they've done, I'm no Elon Musk, but when you see what they've done to him and to his son and other people in Hollywood, James mm-hmm. Woods, you've got all, you've got a list of people that are leaving. Scott Bayo and his family, mm-hmm. they've left, they've moved to Florida. I mean, the, you know, I was thinking Florida until DeSantis was a major disappointment. I'm like, hey, I'm going to stay here i'm gonna fight for the state that i really like (laughs) and that i love 
that's what I keep saying to people is, is, is the answer is not to leave. It's to stay here, group together and fight because the more people I talk to, even in LA, like, so I was, a, I, I took a long hiatus from music for a while, about, about 11 years. And in between that time, I became a massage therapist and then a political activist. And you would be so surprised by how many of my clients who are directors, producers, even actors in the entertainment industry. And it's kind of like being a hairdresser. People mm-hmm. feel very close to you and like they can tell you their life story and their personal lives. And so we would talk about politics and I found out that virtually, I would say 85% of my clients who I would talk about politics with were conservative. Isn't that something? I know no yeah. one wants and they to. Said they had to hide it, or else they they feared losing their jobs. Well, that's how that's the culture that they breed. It, it's a it's a hate culture out here, and you have to be their way or your no way. And so there are a lot of really good friends of mine that have absolutely no idea that I do a show six days a week. <laughs> six days a week and that I am totally 100% all in. Why? Because I'm not going to get anywhere with those people. I would rather go ahead and discuss shoes, shopping, purses, and whatever we discuss, travel, and have that group of friends and then have my conservative friends because every once in a while I can drop something to a liberal person if I don't say Trump and I can get somewhere with them. And Biden, in a crazy way, has been such a great thing to point out to the left. I mean, come on. How can they defend it? They really cannot. So congratulations on the release of your new hit single music video, Modern Day Holy War. This is a powerful production. It provides powerful messaging by integrating lyrics and video to crystallize the battle of good versus evil. So the song opens up with Trump saying, we don't worship government, we worship God, essentially contrasting the difference between the good Trump administration and the evil Biden administration. What was the inspiring event that motivated you to emerge from your long hiatus and create this masterpiece? Well, I hadn't written a song in a good, let's see, 12, 30, seven years maybe? maybe maybe eight years now, I hadn't written any music. Uh, I had I had released an album on 11, 11, 11, and it was just starting to take off. Mind you, it wasn't, it wasn't the, the album that I would have wanted the world to hear, you know, it was like, oh, this guy hurt my feelings, uh, you know, kind of more along the Taylor Swift, Lady Gaga kind of line of things. Um, And I always wanted to be a singer songwriter who had like a big message to share. I always felt like that was my calling, Uh, but I hadn't quite gotten that spark of divine inspiration until, uh, until Notre Dame Cathedral was burning. And, and I've told the story now quite a few times, uh, but I'll never get sick of telling it because it was like such a clear moment that I can picture it like it was yesterday. I had a really bad cold. It was, uh, it was around Easter in 2019. And I was at home watching TV, except I didn't have cable. I watch everything live from, you know, from the internet and pick and choose what I want to watch. But I was catching up that day on news and Notre Dame was burning down and I and I remember like almost panicking because I had just been there with my family uh the previous summer in 2018 and 
you know, I've never experienced being in a fire, but actually my mother has her house burnt down when she was five. And so I don't know if some of that got passed on to me, but I'm watching it burning and I'm kind of like panicking. And, and this, this voice hit me with, this is the trigger event to the modern day Holy War. And I was like, oh my gosh, I hadn't been struck with any inspiration in years. And I was like scrambling to try to find a piece of paper to write that statement down tore it out of an old notebook in big letters wrote modern day holy war and and it sat on my coffee table for a couple days while i sat at home with this cold my my guitar my acoustic guitar was in the corner right next to the tv and i had unstrung it with the intention of restringing it years before and i just i didn't it wasn't what i was what i was focusing on at the time and it probably had, I don't know, a half an inch of dust on it. I mean, it was bad. I had to really clean it off. And as soon as I was feeling better, the first thing I did was I got in my car and I drove to Guitar Center and I bought some strings and I actually needed some help restringing it because it had been so long. So I'm like looking up YouTube videos, like, you know, it's kind of like riding a bike. So, um, yeah, and then I just started piecing together little guitar riffs that I had just messed around with in the past. And I found it so interesting that as I was sitting there with my notebook writing that I was found myself writing about Jesus. And I, I grew up Catholic and Christian. I went to Catholic school and Christian school. So I had that as my foundation. But when I moved to Hollywood in, in the early 2000s, uh, I, all that really went under the rug. You know, I, I just, I dove into Hollywood head first. I was in my early, early twenties and I, I, but I was always connected. I was always spiritually connected. Cause I feel like when you have that connection established from a really young age, from, you know, a, a, a baby or a young child, it doesn't just go away. It's an innate part of like of who you are, at least who I am. And so I was always connected to the spiritual realm. And I firmly believe that God protected me in Hollywood and kept me out of bad situations. And I always trusted. I believe that your intuition is is being open to hearing the whisper of God. One of my mm -hmm. fans said that one day and I was like, that's good. I'm going to use it. But hearing the little intuitive whisper of God, you know, time to leave a party, go down that street, don't go down that street. And I was always listening. So I was always connected, but I hadn't gotten back into my faith of Christianity until the last few years. And I wasn't actually during that time. So when I was writing a song about Jesus, I was like, okay, this isn't coming from, from me. This is a message and I'm just the messenger and I'm just going to open myself up to it and be a conduit to that. And I did. And I interjected lyrics like the, the second verse, little children in a straight line don't fall behind. The television's only meant to indoctrinate the mind. Uh, seeing ain't always believing, but doesn't mean it's not true just because you can't see it doesn't mean you shouldn't believe it um when there's unfathomable evil right under you and when i when i was writing that lyric i was learning at the time about the child trafficking mm. and i was learning about these various like tunnel systems that exist all across the country underneath 
uh, underneath the surface and that a lot of what we see that happens on the black market and whatnot happens through these tunnel systems. And um, that's where those lyrics came from. And then um, during that time of writing the song, uh, not long after Kobe, uh, uh, Biden announced his run for presidency mm -hmm. a couple weeks later, uh, then, then we all know he won. Um, right. but, uh, but, but COVID <laughs> happened. Kobe Bryant died, COVID happened. So it really, to me, did feel like that cathedral burning was a, a kind of a, a launch pad for just all this evil that we've been pelted with now for the last few years. Well, it has certainly gotten everybody's attention. I, seriously, when I when we started the show today, I was talking about the fact that we're having to work twice as hard. We're having to do so much more than we ever thought we were going to have to do before. Okay, just so you know, all right, I don't have a background in broadcasting at all. None. Zero. Zilch. Did not go to school. This was not something that I was striving to be. That's not what I went to school for. I went to school for something completely different than this. But here's the thing. I noticed that there was a need for the truth to be out there. And that little voice that you're talking about, I had that same voice. And Cat Turd and I were able to meet as a result of that. We were both being viciously attacked. He was anonymous up until recent. So I know when you talk about these things and all of these things that have been pointing you into a different, into a direction, you listen to that voice. Tucker Carlson actually talked about that inner voice that the left wants you to ignore. But you've got to follow your truth. You've got to follow the things that resonate with you in your life. I'm curious. So how long did it take you to write the music and the lyrics to this song? And how did you get involved with Max Evans and others involved in the production? I'm a huge fan of Max Evans. I have, I've never met him. I just know his work, the Ultra MAGA Party. I've played it on this show. He just nails it. I mean, he's a phenomenon in, in his own right, honestly incredible but how did the connection where did that come from well it took me about you know i'd work on the song for a bit and then i would kind of put it down for a couple days couple weeks then i would pick it back up and i would say it was probably a good yeah because lockdown was a year later and by the time lockdown happened i had finally completed like the, the full structure of the song of you know the so i wrote it on my acoustic everything that you hear on the recording that's a whole bunch of instrumentation put on top of just the basic acoustic that i wrote and you know you kind of like layer and build the song and uh but it also but a lot of songs just start with a basic acoustic structure so it took me a long time i've written songs in the past that took me a couple hours, maybe 30 minutes. Uh, and then I've done a lot of writing over producers tracks where they've handed me just, hey, I came up with this music. Can you write lyrics over it? And that's how I did my last album. But this song was so special to me because this is the first time that I really wrote a song like from from start to finish that I'm just like super proud of with the message. So it took me a while. Uh, and I went into a recording studio right after we came out of lockdown. And it was when people were emerging and getting involved in uh, starting to, to hold rallies. And, you know, we were all being condemned for being super spreaders or whatever. But I 
had already been so shadow banned on social media and I had already lost my Instagram page for being a truther. My wrist said, my tattoo says truth on it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and, and I actually got this tattoo in 2010. So it was a long time ago, but uh, always to, 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 and this says trust in yourself. So trust in your, in that inner voice you were talking about right. and, you know, always try to find your truth. But, um, I had gone around that time into a recording studio. I would I paid for it myself and I recorded basically kind of like the the demo version of the song which was very good. Um but it but the version you hear now is just a lot more polished and it's been like what they call mixed and mastered. Um but the other version was great and I had gotten into political photography around that time. I used my COVID money to buy this laptop that I'm on <laughs> and to buy my Canon, it's right here, and to buy my camera. There you I go. Be in high school and in college. And when they took my Instagram page, I was just so pissed because there were tons of photos on there for from just my life besides politics. And I said, they're never gonna take my pictures away from me again. So I bought that camera. I started traveling to the Million MAGA March, taking pictures, the Stop the Steal rally. And I had a lot of other influencer friends who were all part of this. And I took some amazing pictures, if I might say so. Uh, and I put them on a website and that was my website that I had up on Getter. And about a year and a half ago, I get a DM from Maureen Bannon. <sighs> randomly wow She's like hey actually a friend texted me and said hey maureen bannon is trying to get a hold of you check your dms and i'm like what like <laughs> like that that person you know and sure enough it was her and they had found my photography website on getter they really liked my photos and steve asked me to photograph an anti-censorship rally ironic <laughs> up at facebook hq in California. And so they flew me up there and I did that. And that is where the relationship between Bannon's war room and I started. And then I started traveling with them, doing some photography, some social media. And I was in the car one day with Steve. We were driving to a Carrie Lake rally that I was photographing. And I said, Hey, Steve, do you want to hear this, this song that I wrote? I, I was in Hollywood I and mean, he knew I was in Hollywood at one point, but I said, I randomly wrote this one song not, you know, a couple years ago, do you want to hear it? I put, I played it for him and he was very impressed. And some time went by, we were very busy dealing with the aftermath of the midterm elections. And so it just, it wasn't time. But a few months ago, he called me and said, whatever happened to that song? Did you release it yet? And I said, I didn't. I've been waiting for the right time. I've been waiting for things to get bad enough because I had this vision while I was writing the song, I had a vision of, of the music video kind of all at the same time of taking a creating a compilation video of just all of the debauchery and the craziness and the evil, putting it all together to try to showcase to people, wake up, like this is what's going on guys. Uh, and so I had the vision and I told him my vision and he's like, let's do it. Wow. So he connected me with Sean Foyt's producer. He's an amazing Christian artist. And 
before I knew it, I was I was up at a beautiful recording studio up in Reading, up in Shasta County, with the producer who was working on a documentary or released a documentary called Red, White, and Blueprint. So my producer was very politically active. So it was just a perfect um, synergy between us. We fixed the song up. I released it on iTunes, and then Steve said, "Well, what about the video?" So I started working on gathering all the clips with uh, one videographer friend of mine. And then we sent the preliminary to Steve and then he sent it over to Max. And then Max took all that footage, added more to it, you know, really gave it that kind of more music video feel and basically turned it into like a mini movie that you see now. So that is the long version of that story. That is the coolest story because you know what? These things happen in our lives, those connections that you speak of. Okay, so very similar story. That's what happened to me. I was com- I completely lost my account on Twitter. I, co- I was devastated. I spent my time on Twitter because, and the reason why I even got on social media to begin with is because the conversations that I wanted to have were going to be productive ones. And I couldn't have one with some of my, I couldn't have that conversation with a lot of people in Hollywood. So it was my outlet. I would get on social media. I could find like-minded people. I could share and exchange information. And it was just grand. Well, that was until Hillary Clinton noticed mine and 200 other accounts were doing the exact same thing. We were immediately targeted. We were put on all kinds of different uh, websites and we were put in liberal think tanks and everything else. I lost my account along with everybody else, it seems, the same day President Trump lost his. We were all completely out. But we, we were losing our account. I mean, we were already shadow banned to the point where we couldn't get anything past you know, a certain a certain number and it just they refused to allow us to grow. So we saw the writing that was on the wall. It has since, you know, thank goodness for Elon Musk and the fact that he believes in freedom of speech and he's doing all of the right things in order to make sure that we have a platform. And the really great thing is that we've got other platforms now. So like Getter, okay. That's a connection for you, how you meet, you met Steve Bannon. You got Truth Social over there, same kind of thing. I mean, this is really a, as bad as it was at the time. It ends up helping us instrumentally later on. Now, your song, for example, the message from the song appears to be crystal clear to me. However, some people remain confused. What do you think the source is of their confusion? Why do you think some people look at that and, and they're confused by your message? So one of my lyrics is open your mind to see. Mm-hmm. So they have been, I don't want to sound like, you know, I am a conspiracy researcher. They they are, they're, they're still under the Mockingbird media brainwashing. Um, they, they haven't, I, I wanted this song to maybe be that spark, that little crack of light that that might at least make them look um and actually it's funny you say that because a a a woman named madeline peltz i guess she's with an organization called media matters and that was the first person that tweeted me something kind of negative towards the song but she had written on there uh steve bannon plays music video showcasing what the what the trump administration has done like or or, or even, i guess i should probably look at the reference but um but she her 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 
she was her view was completely wrong and i was like no that's not right so i very kindly wrote her back and i just said unfortunately you got it wrong it wasn't what the trump administration has done this i was showcasing what has transpired since the biden administration has 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 gotten in there at you know antifa blm the who the wef and i really like laid it out for her crystal clear and of course she didn't respond of course not yeah i just ego so i think when you become a Christian, or even if you're not a Christian, but you are just an open-hearted person and you can see the truth behind what's going on and you can see past Donald Trump's sometimes harsh exterior, it's because you 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 know where he you see you've seen his heart and you've done enough research to know that he's done a lot of, of amazing things for people that the public doesn't even know about, you know, very charitable things and whatnot. And you know that his heart is in the right place. Um, you are, you learn that at least for me, what I think we're battling is we're battling innate insecurity and ego and all the people that I know that are on the right. I mean, there's still a lot of people too in our movement that kind of are on a high horse. They're on the ego. But when it really comes down to it, when you really talk to them, they are good people and I believe they have good hearts. And so we're dealing with a population that I, if you look at a lot of the liberal population, um, they don't seem to be the most confident people. You look at conservative women and, and a lot of them take really great care of themselves and present themselves in a certain way. I love your high heels, by the way, you know, like, <laughs> Like you, like, like yes. there's, there's just this glow about conservatives. And I think it has to do with healthy ego, uh, confidence and having an established connection with, with God. And exactly. that's kind of what the lack the left is lacking. And you look at how many people on the left are, they just almost decorate themselves in an unattractive way intentionally on purpose I know that's why at the beginning of all my shows I'm playing all of these you know these classic videos from the 20s from the 30s when people actually cared and appreciated what beauty was now all of a sudden you've got the left they're they're destroying women's sports they're they're they think ugly is beautiful or they're trying to sell that narrative I mean if they can't compete then they're going to trash you right and that's the idea they're going to find something wrong with you Nicole I mean that's that's their motivation can you imagine waking up every day and being that way I can't imagine being that person ever no and that's why I I didn't do well in Hollywood in the sense that I I did do well I I whenever I was in front of the camera or working on any shows or whatnot I always got a, a great great report card or great reception but I didn't do well when it came to like going to auditions and whatnot because something I really disliked was sitting in that audition room and just feeling that vibration of insecurity mixed with ego mixed with fakeness and it just you could cut it with a knife and then you go into this room where they're literally judging and picking apart every single thing about you i would leave auditions feeling like i wanted to puke like Mm -hmm. i just i was like this is not for me and that's why i always have leaned more towards music because 
I was like, I'm going to write music. I don't care who likes it, who doesn't like it. All I care about is if I like it and that's all that matters. And I sort of ran with that more than with acting and, you know. It's amazing how when you do something for you, how much better you do. Isn't it though? I mean, seriously, it sometimes takes a while to figure out what you enjoy doing, but it's the same thing. Like when I do this show, I have so much fun. Everybody's like, oh, you must really love this part, you know, getting to meet all of these people. And it's like, no, I actually really enjoy figuring out how we're going to put a show together. I live in like this crazy little bubble. I've got some friends, like I said, that know what I do. Some people that don't, you know, some people I just don't want to even mix the two. It's just not even worth it because I know what I'm dealing with. Yeah. And and when you start looking at how artificial it is, there are talents like yours that we will never be able to meet. Why? Because they're political affiliation or who they know. Hollywood works just like we're seeing with the political arena, right? They're not there because they should be. They're there because of nepotism gone wild or some other nefarious reason. And that's what's getting us in all this trouble. That's why we're having the problems we're having today. Oh, Nicole, I'm so thrilled to have been able to talk to you today. Thank you for stopping by. This is so much fun. It's fun to talk to somebody that's lived here, that's gone through the whole thing, because this is really an incredible time that we're living in. And you have to use your talents. I mean, some people are good at poetry. Some people are good on the air. Some people are, are good with music like you are. What what instruments do you play? Now, you mentioned strings, and what all do you play? So when I was young, I played violin, and I wish I would have. I, re- I really wow. wish I would have stuck with it. I remember I did violin for a few years, and then I just wanted to try something different, and then I played the flute, and I remember my mom saying, why don't you stick with the violin, because then you can get really, really good at it. Of course, when you're 10, 11, 12, you're like, whatever, mom. Um, And so I did play flute, but now my main main instrument is, is guitar. Now, if you ask me, hey, play this song, cover that song, I would probably have no idea. I just kind of am a little bit self-taught and I did do some classes at the I went to the Musicians Institute okay on Boulevard for singing and I did take some guitar classes so yeah and then I've taken a little I was actually in a piano class a couple months ago at the local uh community college Orange Coast College I just got this 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 feeling that I needed to get back into music and I went to this piano class but it was like really hard you know reading music and I was honestly getting a little lost and uh and then right around that time is when Steve called me about the song so I guess I was putting that energy out there that that I wanted to get back into music and so before I know it, I, I had to kind of drop out of the class. But it's okay, because something better came out of it. Absolutely, it did. And I have got a whole bunch of friends who are classical pianists and everything else around in Hollywood. And I'm not kidding. And they are very conservative. There's a whole underground group over here that... that are very much in the closet. I am not the only one. And if you take an Uber and you talk to any Uber ride that I've ever been on, except for one, there was one that really was way left. Um, But everybody's going, I don't know what's going on with this guy Biden. I don't know what's going on with America. What is happening here? So the good news is people are waking up. And I truly believe that our state is red. And I think people know exactly what they're going to get with Gavin Newsom. I don't care who he thinks he's trying to fool. We live in California. We know that the policies and the ones that he's been doing have been destroying our state. I want our state to to 
get great again. We Don't forget, we had Reagan who came out of this state, okay? We had the Republican National Convention in 96 in San Diego, for crying out loud. And then yeah. poof, all of a sudden, one election they started to steal after another. The mail harvesting and all of that changed our complete everything. It's awful. Yeah, I just, you know, and, and we we have to realize, or at least like people on the left in California need to admit to themselves that we are having not an immigration problem because people aren't being immigrated here. They're just being flooded here yeah. illegally yeah. with the intention of, of taking over the voting system. But, you know, so I don't know that my, my hope with music is, Hey, maybe I can even touch some of those people because that like, like, for example, like with this large Hispanic community in California, because yeah. we're, we're right against Mexico mm -hmm. and a lot of the Hispanic community are very deeply like a lot of them, you know, Catholic and Christian. And so I'm just hoping that because it doesn't seem that we can get through politically to a lot of people, music and culture is our next best option, if not our bigger option, because music and culture is, is what has, I think, really gotten us into this mess in the first place because of shows like SNL and just Hollywood being so on the left forever that that's really why I think we are actually where we're at now is because of Hollywood. Well, and that's the thing. You're you're singing about truth, and that's what what people are really attracted to now. They're so tired of all of these fake things that they're watching in the news. You know, these psyops, all of these different things. I mean, look at the sensation that Oliver Anthony became. I mean, when he just sung from his heart, from his soul, and it didn't matter the politics. You hear that song and you go, wow, kind of like yours, same kind of thing. We are in a modern day holy war and we've got to get out of this alive. This is serious. We've got an invasion, like you say, on the border. And the fact that it's not whether you come into this country, it's whether you're here legally or not. And the Bidens have got something that they're doing with that because when you see the people, the young men that are coming across our borders, yes, yes, look at the ages. We're not seeing families. It's all fighting aged men. It's not, and, then, and then you see men coming with lots of young children without mothers it, it that's that's the whole other trafficking you know that's just a whole other thing and um it's really concerning because i watched a documentary years ago that came out i believe in 2011 or 2012 called the grand deception mm -hmm. and it was literally about the infiltration of certain of, of i mean really i'll just say it it's it's about the muslim brotherhood uh infiltrating different factions of the united states government and when i saw that documentary i was like <gasps> in a panic almost like sharing it all over social media and still to this day it barely has any plays on it it's like it never got out there i should tell steve hey you should actually push this now would be a good time but uh sleeper cells sleeper cells are individuals who come across the border with one intention to cause chaos and destruction from within and I, I'm a little nervous because I do really feel like we have a large population of these sleeper cells here in the United States. So I don't know, just pray. Well, <laughs> pray. It's, it's so true. 
So Well, and it's we also have a corrupt FBI. And we also have an FBI that has known a lot of these mass shooters, right? They've these manifestos that they're hiding from us, Epstein Island, they're hiding from us. I mean, everything they're hiding from us. Why? Because they don't want the truth to get out. And that's yep. what they're fighting. They know that once people are aware of what's actually going on here. And then we find out about the aliens. Okay. So we're gonna go there too. Like the real aliens, right? They, and Tucker Carlson has been talking about those too. I mean there's so much that's what became a conspiracy theorist is i got really obsessed with watching ufo videos back in like 2005 2006 i saw videos on youtube that you can't find now and i saw videos that there was no way because we didn't 2005 that was you know years and years and years ago we didn't have the cgi technology that we do now and so i know that what i saw on some of those videos that was not from cure Exactly. Um, but, you know, you look at the book of Enoch in the Bible, where the book of Enoch talks about more of that kind of uh, view of worldview, um, you know, giants, possible aliens and whatnot. And so I question a lot of things about about the deep state, even going as far as, you know, have they manipulated things in the Bible that they didn't want us to know about because they wanted to keep us under a certain level of control? I mean. I will never stop questioning forever and I, I might get condemned for saying things like that from from the very conservative Christian community. Um, but I mean, I will never stop questioning and digging and being a, a truther. Exactly. Well, I, if we've learned anything at all, it's that we have been completely fed lies since the very beginning. I mean, everything that you see and hear is not necessarily so. My parents, I remember when, when I told my parents, I said, you know what? I know for a fact, Donald Trump is going to win 2016. He is going hey. to win. Oh my gosh. They looked at me and they thought, okay, how are we going to break it to her? We, we, and I could see them kind of, you know, conspiring against me in front of me. You know how they do that kind of, you know, working together situation. And they're like, well, you know, we need to go ahead and let her know. She's really looking kind of foolish going around saying that Donald Trump is going to beat Hillary Clinton. It's not going to happen. Well, they were sitting there watching all of these lamestream media shows. And that's where they were getting their information. I'm like, you guys, I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Oh, live. <laughs> yes. Yeah, with the massive crowds. With I remember there was a, there was a a photograph I had posted on Instagram, and it was a bunch of little pictures of people that people had taken pictures of at the rallies. There was literally Sikhs for Trump with turbans, yes, that's MAGA and Trump on them. And I was like, we have never seen anything like this in history with so many people of different races, creeds, colors, like all coming together, going to these rallies. And it was amazing. It brought me to tears. I was like, this is so moving and amazing. And I genuinely feel bad for all the people that didn't get to experience that period of time. And in that way, and that energy that we did, because that it was just, it was so energizing and exciting it well it really was you know where i was i was at the roosevelt hotel and i was surrounded by liberals and so i oh yeah i i'm sitting there looking at my phone and i'm going okay he's up he's winning okay this is gonna happen and i had to excuse myself from the table because i couldn't stop smiling and then i knew i was gonna start giggling and i was oh no i can't do this i cannot celebrate openly everybody i'm, I'm an open book i mean everybody knows what my mm, I had to go to the ladies' room and I did my little happy dance and I'm like, okay, get it out of your system. 
were they crying at the table? Oh my gosh, they were just stunned. They they just said, you know what? They're going to fix this. There is no way. There's something wrong. They're going to have a recount. This will be flipped in no time. And then all of a sudden, you got to see exactly how the left responded. They denied it. They said, oh no, she got the popular vote. Let me tell you something. Just like you were talking about, you had everybody that went came out to vote for President Trump. She did not win that popular vote. I don't care what they pull. That is the biggest bunch of nonsense I have ever heard in my life. He won in an absolute landslide then. He won last time in a landslide. And this one, he's going to win again. Oh, Nicole, it was so great talking to you today. I am just so glad to, to hear your accounts of Hollywood as well. But you are a fantastic musician. How can everybody find you? The best place to find me is on my website, Lady No Grady, and No Grady is my last name, uh, ladynograady.com. You can listen to the song. I've got a little music player on there. You can listen to it from there. You can also watch the music video, and then uh, you can uh, download the song directly from my website. Now, it won't come through to like your iTunes. It'll come through on your downloads in a folder, but you can still have it and listen to it. And here's an interesting fact is iTunes takes about 80%. I think you get about seven cents on a dollar for every download. And I've been telling people that and they've been pretty shocked. Uh, they basically take 80% of the artist's music on Apple. Oh. Um, but if Apple is your thing and you want it, by all means, go for it. It's also on Spotify and all other streaming platforms. Oh my gosh. Well, I wish you nothing but the best. I am so glad. We've got another culture that's emerged and this is exactly what we need on our side. We we have fabulous musicians. We have got incredible talents. We don't have to, you know, depend on the likes of Hollywood. My goodness. I can't watch a movie now with these actors that came out against President Trump and I used to really like them. I can't watch anything anymore and I don't. It's like, you know, I've completely unplugged. We have Angel Studios now. We've got a lot of people that have left Hollywood, and there's going to be a lot of great things happening culturally this next year, not just politically, but culturally, that I'm really excited for. Well, that is such exciting stuff. I'm glad we're in on the ground floor. Seriously, we're way ahead of the rest. Thank you, Nicole, for joining me today. All right. So anything else you would like to add? Any parting words for the audience? I just want to say I'm trying to encourage other artists and musicians out there who are on our side uh, to just get back into their art and and use your art uh, as part of your voice in this movement because we need you. We absolutely need them. There's no question about it. We've got to have something other than the lame stream that just is indoctrinating people, especially with the kids. All right, my dear. Well, I will let you go. I hope you have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy Holiday to you as well and happy new year let's kick some butt let's do it would love to have you back on this show i really would so we were going to follow you and your progress thank you for joining me today i enjoyed it immensely and so did the audience i'm going to make sure that everybody has your links too so they've got it Thank you so much, everyone. All right. See you later. Okay. So that was Nicole Lady O'Grady. And this is her song, Modern Day Holy War. And let me tell you something. We have got to all get together, stick together with this whole thing. We are in a fight for our lives, for our survival. And it is a big deal. So make sure that you go to ladynograady.com. You will get all of her links and everything there. You can find her music and everything else. I just hope 
hope you all have a wonderful holiday season. It has been quite a trip lately. You know, when we start talking about what we've all been through as a society, just in general, there have been so many different movements that have come and gone. But one thing that is happening is that the left is being exposed for what they actually are. And we have to do that this holiday season. Never let them forget what we're dealing with here. So anyway, just like all of you, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your season. Here's the deal. I know a lot of people sent me some things at the post office. My post office in Hollywood is the biggest joke ever. I don't get my things for weeks at a time. And so I'm going to have to thank you for all of that when we get back from the new year because it it's a mess over there. And I stand in line for hours and I don't get anywhere with the whole thing. So this is going to bring a close to the last segment of our last political rendezvous of 2023. You know, we're not going to be here this next time around next week on Saturday that's not happening I really hope you enjoyed spilling the tea with me on Saturdays this past year I know I enjoyed it I'd like to thank my guest today Nicole Lady No Grady for being here with us and sharing her new single her messaging is strong we have challenging times ahead of us but I am confident that we will prevail as always I would like to thank all of those who donated to the show and most important of all I would like to thank all of you, the audience. I am thrilled that so many like-minded patriots have found their way to this show. So as we prepare to take some time off, celebrate Christmas and many many things of the new year, the many blessings, let's spend time with our family and friends and loved ones and restore ourselves and our spirit. The new year ahead will be challenging, but I believe it will be the year we will send President Trump right back to his rightful place and where he needs to be. So this is going to be a challenge for all of us, but in all honesty, we're built for times like this. We absolutely are. So I am just thrilled that we're able to do it together and, and to meet so many like-minded folks. So the year ahead, it's going to be challenging. Don't worry about all that. We're going to bring our country back to its greatness. It will once again be the beacon of hope and freedom for the entire world. We will make America great again. God bless President Trump. God bless America. And God bless each and every one of you. So here's the deal. I want to thank my team you all did an incredible job of putting this whole thing together the monologue was a collaboration between rob playgram senior and patriot penzi a special shout out to patriot penzi for the layout and the research fleet admiral james and proudly deplorable aka rob playgram senior for their supporting articles and oversight those three did an incredible job of putting this show together and thank you moderators for sharing the articles and creating an incredibly safe and wonderful tea room for us to spill. A big shout out to Megavolt001 for his many contributions, including the guest preparation and all of the research that he does on this show. Just an incredible team. I am so blessed. And I have so many people that that are on our team that are working so hard every single day to make sure that we are successful. You all just keep doing what you do best. And that truly is, is sharing your articles and, and teaching people, talking to people. I want to thank Burrito Boy. Thank you for your donation. Hockey Love 71. Merry Christmas, gems and jewels. God bless 
America. And that's from Hockey Love and Cosma. And then Redheaded Eagle 2 says, one of our best online experiences, spilling tea with Jules every Saturday. Big hugs, Jules, and all the littermates. Blessed Christmas to you, and may we all have a much better year in 2024. Joe Stone says, wishing Miss Jules, Mr. Cat, and all of my gems and littermates a blessed and warm Christmas and a very happy new year. Much love to all. Mother of Pearl says, big love, Merry Christmas, and a happy, healthy new year to all. Grateful for our community. God wins, so we win. Enjoy these last days of 2023. The best is coming very soon. Be blessed. Then we have Brian J. Collar who is USSO, says, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. MPE Swing says, I'm so grateful to have found you all. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, friends and Jules and Cat Turd. Zoe Grant says, Merry Christmas to Jules, Handsome, Giorgio, and all the gems. Kimber Tucson, Merry Christmas. And then we have South of Sherry. Wishing you all love and joy for the holidays and the rest of the year. Jules and Cat Turd have brought together the best community ever. Love y'all and keep that litter kicking. Oh, don't worry. <laughs> There's never a dull moment in the litter box. Just me and the dog says thank you for finding this coffee for all of us. Yummy. And thanks to the moderators sweeping out the trash and to the support crew. All of you are critical to how we enjoy this every weekend. You're absolutely right. I could not pull this whole thing by myself off. Let me tell you that right now. They are incredible. The research, the time, the effort, the energy for my, for my crew is amazing. Proudly Deplorable 2 says, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, Gems. Thank you, Handsome and Giorgio, for lending jewels to us every Saturday. Aloha USA 1 says, Male, okay, I, Malik, Ma, okay, you're going to have to say that because you know I'm going to just totally mess up that. Anyway, you're going to have to say that in chat or to yourselves, or we can use Google Translator, which I don't think works in here, but I know that if anybody's going to mess it up, it's me. Let me see if it will work. I don't know. Kaliki Maka. Thank you. Okay, Google Translator to the rescue wishing everyone a blessed holiday season and see you in the new year it's going to be phenomenal yes i use my tools wherever they may be and guess what google translator speech person gets it wrong 99 percent of the time so if that was wrong it's not on me just so everybody is aware so let me just make sure i'm not missing anybody c douglas says merry christmas to all thank you jules and glittermates you're the best great video and interview get the boys some extra treats oh my goodness they are a handful and they're flying tonight with me so those two little teacup poodles let me say people think size that you know don't be intimidated you know don't don't think that they're not intimidating these two gang up against me with each other now and it is just hilarious to watch renee mccurry says merry christmas and happy new year jules handsome giorgio and all of our gems and litter mates i love each and every single one of y'all and I just want to make sure, because I always miss somebody, and I feel so bad when I have to come back. Uh, Tristater72, let's also stay connected with each other, because we do need to stick together. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. You're so right about that. We're stronger together. Flago says, Merry Christmas, Jules and Jims. Thank you, Flago. Had some really great ideas about doing more political rendezvous. We're going to have to work on that. I'm just going to have to create more hours in the day. If I don't get fired by my dad, 
dad first for my real job that is suffering immensely. Again, I will not be getting employee of the year, not this year for sure. All right, everybody. Well, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. I'm going to just send you off with a cute little picture of the boys so that you can all see them in their glory. They have been just a handful lately, and I know they know something's up. So I have got them. Let me put these two on the screen for you so you can see them. Here they are. And Mother of Pearl got them these adorable, adorable little outfits. And then Jackie, who's amazing, she put them underneath the Christmas tree. These two will be flying somewhere to the south mm, tonight. So I'm looking forward to that. You can imagine. I've already been to the vet, groomer, the whole deal. I need to put myself together now. All right, everybody. Will you enjoy the rest of your day? Have a wonderful Christmas and holiday season. I will miss you immensely, and I will see you on social media. In the meantime, you be safe, be kind to one another, and we will see you later. Toodley-doo. To the wise, the top dietitians in town insist the best source of vitamin C that can be is a lemon twist. Even the skeptic replies that here's a suggestion you can't resist: a cool drink with ice is improved with some slices of lemon. Twist. It isn't merely circumstantial evidence that the lemon is a highly healthful citrus fruit. The most respected scientists agree with the physiologist that here's one fact you can't dispute. Why don't you open your eyes? Your psychosomatic ills won't persist. A quick like a rabbit, you latch to the habit of lemon twist.
that all important lemon twist <laughs>